Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I am Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Last we left the Jank Squad, we kind of left them... Well, in a precarious situation, no, an exciting situation where Lance had discovered Vandal exiting the caldera while he was scouting out some of these secret or um, these hidden lava tubes that go into the caldera itself. Lance broke apart away from Mal and Fleeple, who had decided to use the remaining part of their food to make friends with some of these other chefs, maybe other portions of the camp, and get some more information. So having split up, Lance being invisible, they were able to go their separate ways. As described previously, Lance had caught wind of Vandal in the camp, heading towards the white camp, or the white area of this entire cultist camp. Eventually, Mal came to join him, but before she did, she had found herself turning a wheel with her recent caught as the red portion of the camp uh, is a little bit more abrasive than the black portion and she found herself able to handle her own strength able to handle her own wheel compared to some of the others around but Fleeple impressed this gruff goliath woman chef with a little bit of his fanciness which may have come from ned's irl fanciness as well so <laughs> so we come back to the Jank Squad where Fleeple is delivering a wonderfully crafted meal to a member in purple robes while Lance and Mal are outside the white tent. And that is where we jump into this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. So, Jank Squad, which of you would like to go first? We'll go first. Great. All right. Lance and Mal. We leave Fleeple with his well-presented... What What would you call it, Ned? I mean, I'm, I'm not as fancy as you, IRL, or at, in any universe, so... Yeah, charbroiled rotisserie venison with Bordelais sauce. Exactly what Ned said. <laughs> so we'll leave that for a little bit later down the line. Lance and Mal, we come to you. Outside of the white camp, as you recall... Vandal and his entourage had just recently walked into the white camp and started discussing things with some of the higher-ups who rushed to greet him and rushed to meet him. Lance, you've been observing, and they are just talking. A couple of purple-robed individuals standing around. Mal, you come bustling up stealthily, but at this point, uh, Lance sort of... (laughs) Lance fills you in on the situation. What are you two doing? Should we follow him and find out where he's staying? Should we follow him through camp? How close do we need to get? I don't, I don't know what I'm, I I don't know what I'm doing exactly. I'm following Vandal. He's obviously a mask holder, I would assume now for the white camps. Um, Actually, we knew that. We already knew that, that he had the white mask. I'm I'm forgetting that. I don't know. It's been a while. I know, it's been a while. Um, Well, let's follow him. I know I'm not as stealthy as you, but he doesn't know who I am. So why don't we just scout it out and then we'll know where he is if we feel like we need to take some action against him. I just, yes, I 
I don't know how plausible that will be. I mean, we don't want to create a wall in the middle of the camp. I just... What have, what have you two been doing? What, what's been going on? I haven't even heard your side. Well, I just spent the last hour grinding meat over a fire. And um, Fleeple is ingratiating himself to the higher-ups, which was, you know, part of the plan coming in. So he's right how's on he, track. How's he doing that? I, he's Fleeple. He, Fleeple does what Fleeple does. That's true, he does too. That's Fleeple. That's Fleeple. Thomas, I have an idea. <laughs> but I need to... I would, Folks, every time Jacob has presented... <laughs> I'd like a smash cut of every time that Jacob has said something similar. Work with me, Thomas. I think I always say that. Work with me. (laughs) I have an idea, nervous chuckle. (laughs) What what an idea. So what's the gravity like on this planet? Putting all this together, this is just a question I have if Lance would have this in his mind. Was in Lance's past with Vandal, is Vandal a foodie? Hmm. I didn't write that in depth of a backstory here. <laughs> yeah. Seems like we need to let the dice decide yes. on that one. <laughs> That's a little bit uh, deeper than the write-up I had on Bandit there. <laughs> Actually, I literally wrote, he loves a good Bordelais sauce. <laughs> 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 he frequents some of the local food trucks. <laughs> He's starting a podcast with some friends later. Let's see. How likely would Vandal be a foodie? <laughs> He's starting a podcast. It's the Zantor Yum podcast. <laughs> Zantor <laughs> Yum. Oh my gosh. Jacob, take an inspiration yes, down. Yes, Finally for puns. <laughs> the Zantor Yum. I can't. Oh, wow. That was just too good. I finally got one for that a pun. That was too good. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yay. Zantor Yum. <laughs> Okay, yeah, here we go. Vandal is not a foodie. Okay. In fact, he really likes his food. Just he'll take whatever is given to him almost um, within reason. Okay, I was, uh, yeah, I had a clever idea maybe to combine both of what everyone was doing, but the fates have decided. Okay, yes, we will follow and um, figure figure out where, what the heck is happening with him. That's what All right. So you're going to stand back, watch from afar here. I'm going to have each of you roll me a d6 first. I, oh, we rolled d6s right before we ended last time. <gasps> Folks, we absolutely did. I've got them right here. Maybe I shouldn't have reminded you. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. So with those d6 rolls in mind, I'm going to have each of you roll another stealth check. And since neither of you are proficient in like charisma... Yeah, they'll just do a normal stealth check. I have some charisma. Oh wait, yeah, I'm a warlock. Mal, I will allow. I will allow you to. Well, it just depends on if it's greater than your dexterity. I'll allow you to make a charisma based stealth roll. Oh, so same same difference basically because yeah, I have a you can either both. you can either try to find the shadows or you can blend into the crowd, which I feel are two separate things. Mal will blend. While Lance sneaks, and maybe from both vantage points, we'll be able to keep distracted. I like that distinction. So, like two different types of stealthing, and then if there is anything to notice, it would be Mal first as opposed to Lance. Especially because Lance, we already know, is going to get a 24 no matter what. Do I get advantage with my boots? (laughs) 
I'm so quiet. Um, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say no because it is visual here. Zentar yum. <laughs> it sticks with that. you. Oh, it nice. does stick with you. <laughs> it's catchy. <laughs> You're going to get another inspiration in like two episodes when he re-remembers that you said that. I'm going to be like, oh, like the final battle against like Severin. <laughs> and you're going to be like, oh, I just remembered Severin. Centaur. No, <laughs> okay. Uh, what are your rolls? 34. A nine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he can't wow. roll under a 24, period. So he got a, what did you say, 39? 34. <laughs> what was that, a 19 on the die? Yeah. Or it was a, yeah, it was a 19 on the die. Because 19 yeah, okay. plus 14. Yeah. Okay. Or wait, this is nineteen fourteen, so thirty-three, right? Okay, thirty-three. Yeah. Uh, well, that that might make the difference, what? you know. <laughs> <laughs> Any result over thirty? This dog you know. rolled a thirty-five for your snets. <laughs> <laughs> rolled a natural twenty <laughs> plus, plus twenty. Oh boy. Okay. I just got to jot that down. Stealth thirty-three. Okay. Okay. So. Vandal is going to monitor the camps. Not monitor. He's going to essentially do what you might consider like a spot inspection. Yeah, he's walking around the um, camp of the white uh, over here, and he is sort of looking at troops, looking at things. And this one is very more militant, uh, this camp. It's very more structured. You still get like this harsh air, even more so than the, like, uh, maybe equivalent to the Red Camp Malamara, but um, there seems to be this stiffness. And, and you're not sure if it's being brought by Vandal or if it's just being brought by the people who naturally gravitate towards those who worship and honor uh, white dragons. But there's definitely more tents here. They all are actually beautifully stylized. Um, almost every single one of them are, you might mistake to be like a general's tent because they all are um, like have posts. They're more than just like a sheet thrown over a stick. Um, like you see in cartoons, they are very, they're layered even. So they have like an outer, outer layer door and an inner layer to like prevent from dust or the elements from coming in or to keep heat in or cool in if magic is being used for air conditioning in some of these tents, but it's a very uh, different vibe. Like the points of the tents even stick out jaggedly, almost as if they were the spikes of a dragon or the scales of a dragon itself. But it's very clear that some of these are leaps and bounds above the others. Um, just if size was any indicator, you could tell that the center tent is where whoever is running this portion is going to be staying. So as you tail Vandal and his entourage here, you find that he is poking his head into some of these tents. You hang back, he, he comes back out. Um, you see soldiers, at least they act like soldiers in the streets here. As Vandal approaches, they stand at attention, some with even spears in the crooks of their shoulders. And um, they wait until Vandal either inspects them, dismisses them, or until he passes entirely. And you are feeling a little bit out of place, Mal. It's hard for you to blend into something like this because you just expected it to be like everything else. But uh, the more you go in, uh, the more out of place you feel. Lance, you can start picking up on this and you can start um, 
uh, you can start seeing that Mal is a bit uncomfortable and you even start to notice like, <sighs> Mal might not be able to blend into a crowd, honestly, uh, at least in this portion of the camp. And although everyone's wearing black robes, Mal is starting to stick out the more and more you walk, the more and more you proceed forward. So you are completely hidden, but Mal is starting to stick out. Nothing is coming as a result of this, but you can start to tell. This may become an issue if it were to keep going on. Okay. This could actually work to an advantage. While Mal is sticking out, or, you know, I'm noticing... <laughs> just, I just imagine, like, how she's not like... It's a great day to be a cultist. <laughs> just like walking around. Yes, uh, dragons. Keep going, sir. She starts saluting people. I love dragons. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I wish I were a dragon myself. <laughs> if only I had scales. <laughs> Brothers? Brethren? Uh, Brother? <laughs> um, okay. Should we... I'm going to... Should we try something? <laughs> Yes. Last time I tried something, it didn't turn out very well. Well, I guess we caught the, the spy, but still. Okay, we're going to try something. Let's do it. As Lance is noticing that, Lance is still stealthily doing his cool stealth thing, is going to approach Malamara, kind of like bring her to the side for a second, like just maybe like to the side of the tent where there's not as much visibility, and be like, Malamara, I just had an idea. Um... I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be fleeple. I'm gonna trust my gut here. I'm gonna trust it, trust. And um, don't give me that face, Malamara. <laughs> Mickey just gave the most like no. <laughs> hey, oh, I trust you, buddy. I trust you, buddy. <laughs> Flashbacks to the Council of Waterdeep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Uh, and Lance is going to. I mean, let's just try it. Yeah, Lance is going to take off his scarf from the Helm of Brilliance, and what he's going to do is he's going to wrap it around Malamara's neck. Very like obvious. It's you're realizing. I think this is the first time really. Malamara will see how long this scarf really is. It is like probably a good like ten to fifteen foot scarf. This is huge. Like, not your typical scarf. It's very long, and he's going to wrap it around, and it's going to be very obvious. Like, just make her stick out maybe a little bit more. Not a little bit, a lot of bit more. And you'll, Malamar will probably even notice for the first time that one of the ends of it has very dried blood on it. Okay, this is what we're going to do. It's in the moment. You are going to make yourself... Very obvious to Vandal. And I know that you have a skill to run really fast, almost as fast as me. Not quite, but almost as fast as me. And I want him to follow you. And we're going to take him to... Oh, and I'll describe very quickly where that outcropping, that cave was. The abandoned cave that most people don't know about. And we are going to try and draw Vandal into there. Mal closes her eyes quickly and redraws the camp in her mind, in her outlander mind, and can identify where he's talking about. Are you sure? No. <laughs> but this is the best I've got. What do you want to do when we get there? I've got another idea for that. And Lance will quickly, because Lance always has scraps of, of, of kind of raggedy linen. He'll kind of wrap the helmet a little bit better in that just raggedy linen just to cover it up still so I'm not just going through the camp with a bright shiny helmet. 
Let's give it a go. Uh, Mal takes a deep breath. <sighs> okay. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Mal will take the scarf and let the bloody end hang off her back a little bit so that as she runs, it's very easy to see the yellow as she weaves and bobs through people. All right, let's go. And she'll move out into the crowd. Before we get to this, Sleeple, you're coming to this very large, deep red tent. And it's probably the one of the only nice tents that you've seen in the red camp here. And um, this woman uh, who is sort of uh, not gently ushering you along, she is pushing you forward. And uh, she goes, all right, fancy one, get in there. Oh, yes, of course. I will get in there just real quick. I, I don't believe I've asked you for your name. It is terribly uh, impolite of me to not know who I've been speaking with this whole time. Ah, yeah, my name's Kiki. Kiki, delightful. Mm-hmm. My name is yeah. Jürgen Lerman. Remember how to pronounce that, Jürgen Lerman. Remember, Kiki man in the corner, remember how to pronounce that. <laughs> Jür- Jürgen... <laughs> Jur- Jürgen Lerman. Good. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> das gut. Yeah. Jürgen Lerman. I'm jotting this down, Ned. <laughs> Jürgen Lerman. Pull your DM, everybody. <laughs> all right. Jürgen Lerman. Yeah, all right. Well, um, yeah. Well, good luck in there. And she just turns and she starts walking away as the two guards that are standing in front of this tent are looking at you. One of them kind of goes, smells, smells pretty good. Which this diminutive voice shocks you because it's coming from a, another Goliath man who is even taller than Kiki as he has these massive like brass knuckles on his fists that had to have been that i mean they each probably was a mall beforehand before they were shaped into these brass knuckles that's how large his hands look looks like he is more giant than he has human in him so oh well don't you worry friend if i have anything to say about this you're going to be eating very differently from here on out Mm, i would really like that yes very good yeah yeah um you don't have any weapons on you no? You don't? Uh, I think I've got a dagger on me somewhere. Do you want me to get rid of that? Oh, well. It's, uh, uh, give me a sec. Um, hey, Harald. And uh, you look over at this dragonborn who is blind, but is holding on to this staff, looking forward, and goes, Hey, uh, Harald, um, why don't you uh, do your thing? And uh, he asks you to present the knife to him. Yeah, I pull out my dagger that I've had this entire time, I guess, and I uh, hand it over. Harold grabs it and waves his stick over it while muttering something, some incantation, and goes, This is nothing but a mundane dagger. He should be fine if there are no other weapons upon his body. Cool. Okay, well, well, uh, I guess you're good to go go in then and... uh, I have to say this every time, but uh, you cause trouble, I'll bust your face in. <laughs> oh, good to know, <laughs> yes. Same to you, same to you, friend. 
Yes, do not cause any trouble. Okay, fine. Don't worry about me. I'm just going trying to uh, improve things around here. Good luck. And as I walk in through the tent flap, I'm snickering to myself, being like, mm-hmm, they didn't ask me about my moon sickle. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just continue on my way through. All right. When you get into this tent, there are there's a couple of individuals. As you walk in here, you are not alone. There are quite a few individuals milling about. There are some... There's actually a couple drakes in here. Two drakes. It's a sort of like lazily just like flicking their tails off in the corner um, as they're trying to catch a nap. But it looks like there seems to be um, some discussion, almost like a war room discussion going on in here. Like I said, this tent is, is fancy and it's quite large. It houses maybe eight individuals. At least there are eight individuals in here with this long oak table in the center. And you almost drop the plate you're holding because one of the individuals at the table is Severin himself. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, great. Severin is currently the acting red worm speaker for the Cult of the Dragon uh, for the time being. Nice. (laughs) And so this meal is for Severin. Oh boy. Yeah. Wonderful. Lovely. Delightful. (laughs) So you walk in and you look and uh, it's not just Severin. There are three wizards of Thay in here and there appear to be two other members in purple robes and then one guard who seems to be close by Severin's side uh, looking at everybody else. So yeah, that's kind of the makeup as you see in the room. Nobody really seems to notice you for the time being though. So what do you do? I do not wish to cause a kerfuffle. So uh, I will begin, you know, preparing. I've got presumably like some sort of trolley with me that has the food on it. So I'm like getting the plates. I'm carving the roast beast and uh, plating everything from up. the trolleys, dears. <laughs> oh and uh, <laughs> next to each little, next to each slice of venison, a little pumpkin pasty and a chocolate frog. And uh, while I'm preparing this meal, I'm just listening to see if there's any, you know, interesting conversations going on. Moonbeam. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Moonbeam. <laughs> Moonbeam. It worked last time. Yeah. Right. It worked on Monday. <laughs> okay. So, what is going to happen here? So, I need you, Fleeple, to roll me a d Nope, you already rolled a d6, and I took that into account. Thank you for reminding me, nobody. Um, You're welcome. Other than Jacob. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> um, no, that's good. Um, yeah, so with that d6 in consideration, I need you to roll... What do you want to do? Do you want a, a, a blend a blend in check here? So uh, it's going to be some sort of like stealth, but is it's is it you know like status stealth? You know, because you're just a servant, you're bringing in the food here, and and so I'm just making sure everything's prepared well. Uh, maybe another social stealth roll if you want over your dexterity. I know. Not everybody's charisma is the best in our party here. So um, if you want a charisma-based stealth roll, you can roll that. If not, I will allow you to roll a normal stealth roll here. Yeah, I'll go with the normal stealth roll. That seems like a better (laughs) idea. I I figured as much. Oh, that's a 12. 12, okay. I'm going to roll 
but we will see what occurs from that. Okay, so you are making sure that everybody has their chocolate frogs that all of the plates are nicely set and uh, you don't just want it to be a slab of meat on there you're not quite sure if you should serve the Thay Wizards um, Thay Wizards are notoriously undead but you're like well I'll, I'll, I'll do it just in case um, so uh, just in case not, just not to cause offense unless Fleeple would rather do another uh, regardless you get, start getting and you start to go a little bit slower than maybe you would normally be to try and pick up on some conversation so this is what you do here you hear some discussion between Severin and the Thay Wizards. And it appears that the temple is coming up nicely, you say. Is that right? Yes, Severin, the temple is um, almost completely breached through from the other side. In fact, I would say the temple itself would only need a couple of days at most to come into this realm of existence. Now, however, as we've discussed previously, for full potency in maintaining and making sure the rift is held securely, my team, or rather my colleagues and I would prefer the final phase to, we would prefer a few extra days to prepare to ensure that the potency is great. Yes, I know all about your cautious nature to ensure that this portal remains open. I would not have it any other way, as especially since we are not being, we don't have that dreadful army bearing down on us that is coming from the west. <laughs> now, I think we should be fine to take those few extra days, but I am encouraged to hear the temple is almost fully here. In fact, I would like to take a tour of it myself when it is safe, of course. Yes, Severin, when the temple is completely secure and our wards have been removed and tied off appropriately, we will, of course, bring you through for a final inspection, you might say. Would that be appropriate? <laughs> Yes, I feel that might be an appropriate way to put it. And the general air you feel is just one of very tense cooperation amongst the entire table, which you absolutely picked up on two months ago, and it seems to have uh, been maintained, if not increased, just a little bit here. Uh, it's at this time that uh, one of the Thay wizards points to you and goes, You, halfling. Yes. Why do you tarry with our food? Bring it here. Oh, I apologize. I just wish to make sure that everything is set up correctly. And I start bringing around the plates, the silverware. Do they have napkins included here? Um, poof. Yes, they do. Okay, cool. Yeah, making sure that, like, I've, I've to kind of delay things a little bit longer, I've been folding the napkins into, like, little paper crane-style origami things. And I'm, like, <laughs> you know, bringing them all around the table and... Uh, just being as hospitable and servile as I can be. Okay. You have bought yourself a few more minutes here to listen in on some of this conversation. One of the other Thay Wizards, the one that hasn't spoken yet, goes, Now, Severin, I um, don't wish to impose anything, but uh, some of these individuals that you've brought to us, or rather um, the final phase, uh, 
they seem to be varied of all different um, uh, races, all different uh, ages, sizes, and as we know, um, they all come from a checkered past. Uh, Really, the the types of people we were looking for are the more pure, are the more unadulterated in very nature, and yet you don't seem to have done any like background checking on that itself. So uh, is there any guarantee that we could find any more individuals um, externally to bring in that might be able to strengthen that potency of that rift? Severin goes, I have done all that you have requested. I have brought you more than what you've asked just in case it wasn't enough and you're telling me that you can't make do with the extra work that my men have put in and what we have brought to the table you can't make do with that I thought they wizards were better than that and there is a visible ruffling of feathers from the one they wizard uh, who has then now clamped their mouth shut and whose tattoos are protruding almost, <laughs> you can see them almost protruding out of their skin. Their, the frustration is so strong and you see this, this them start to glow a little red ever so faintly, only because your perception is insanely higher. Do you see this? Mm-hmm. And then the first one speaks again. Rest assured, with those extra days, we should be able to open and maintain such a rift, Severin. My colleague here is just used to a more sacrificing population to choose from. So, rest assured, we can accomplish the task with what we are given. And it's at this point you are now serving the food, and Severin himself turns to you, Fleeple, and goes, I... I have to say, I've never seen you before. What's your name? Jürgen Lerman. Jürgen Lerman. Where do you hail from, Jürgen? Well, I was born in Waterdeep. My family does not entirely know where we came from before that. It's a bit of a melting pot sort of situation over there. Mm. Yes, your accent is quite strong, though. I would have taken you maybe were from the southeast from here. No matter. Um, what is this that you have made? It looks rather different than what Kiki normally makes. Ah, yes. Well, this is, uh, pardon me, my uh, my upbringing is one of hospitality, and I wanted to present something a little special for you. Uh, an associate of mine has made sure to roast this side of venison very carefully so as to not overcook it, so it remains, it retains its tenderness and its juiciness, and I have constructed for you a sauce of my people, one that is our favorite, and uh, before I actually uh, ladle the sauce over the top of the venison, I mount it with a bit of butter at the last moment to add some gloss and some shine and some body, and then uh, pour it over with kind of a flaring gesture, and give a little bow as I slide the plate over. I'll allow you to roll a performance check with advantage there, Fleetful. Ooh, baby. A lot of prep work went into this beforehand, so now in the moment you have a lot of your resources to back you up in this presentation. Yes, and that is a modded 20. Modded 20. As you drizzle the sauce on and flare, it has the beautiful shine to it. Um, you give it to Severin. He doesn't touch it. Um, you just merely place it on the table in front of him with the um, beautiful napkin. The guard comes up and with the just a little edge of the knife, he dips into the sauce, puts it in his mouth, 
cocks his head, like raises his eyebrows, like that's dang good. And um, <laughs> but he tries a piece of every single bit, uh, a piece of the f- every single bit of food, while Severin uh, is continuing to curse, converse with you. I must say, this is quite surprising that Kiki would allow anyone near her cooking implements there. How did you ever accomplish that? I just presented my abilities, made myself available, and was availed of some. Hmm. You said your name was Jürgen? Jürgen Lerman. Jürgen Lerman. At that point, uh, the guard is done tasting the food, nods his head, and Severin himself turns and very delicately very like you're you're almost surprised at how delicate and how proper he is with his instruments and he cuts off a piece of each and he i mean just very correctly starts to eat this food it seems like with the barbaric nature of the red camp you would assume that maybe severin maybe wouldn't have this type of nature but it seems to be a very proper individual Maybe one of the reasons what that brought him up uh, to the higher ranks here, uh, to the worm speaker himself. And as he takes a bite, he chews slowly, just a small bite with a little bit of sauce on it and goes, Jürgen sets his fork down. If that's not the best things I've tasted since I left Baldur's Gate, I don't know what is, as he's like looking off into the distance away from you. Oh boy. Thank you, Jürgen. And he turns away from you. And you feel really good, really proud of this uh, accomplishment. And you see the three way they wizards looking at you as well, uh, as they're just staring at you, not quite sure how to, what to make of you and how to take you in. I bow very, very deeply, and I just say, "This is a great honor to my family, my lord." And I will prepare the rest of the plates and distribute them to the remainder of the individuals at the table. I'm just going to roll something on my end here. Okay. You were able to present the plates to everyone else without issue. And um, after the last plate has been, it seems that everyone has taken to eating and have just been, the conversation has turned to unimportant matters, actually. Uh, It doesn't look like they're discussing much. It looks like more they're commenting on the food itself. And Severin is talking about a little bit about his time and some of the food he's eaten in Baldur's Gate and um, there's even a little bit of chuckling from some of the individuals Uh, the Fey Wizards are eating politely but they seem to have little to no emotion on their face you are expected and you are dismissed after the final plate has been delivered and so unless you wish to rebuff this request you are asked to leave the tent Uh, it uh, is in my upbringing to be here to clean up afterwards but if you wish me to leave i may do so yes jürgen you you uh will have kiki do all the dirty work thank you thank you for the meal but you are excused thank you and yes you are ushered out and um the male goliath outside was like hey you were in there for quite a while everything uh seemed to go pretty good uh, or was it bad uh, it went better than i was expecting at all to be completely honest oh well, that's good it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't have to crush your face in. Yes, I am glad not to have my face be crushed. Okay, well, just uh, don't do anything that uh, will cause me to break that skull of yours, okay? And the same to you. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> As you quickly turn around and walk away, he goes, "All right, what? <laughs> you too." And I'm just, I'm just uh, doing a little, uh, not quite skipping, but kind of a dancing, like a little strut in my step as I'm heading back to the food preparation tent, I suppose. All right, sounds good. Okay. So with that having been done, Fleeple, you're going back to Kiki and you're kind of chilling here for until Mal and Lance come back? Indeed. Or you hear word from them? Yeah, I am uh, hoping to be able to help with the cleanup afterwards. Uh, that's what I say to Kiki, just to continue to ingratiate myself to them. Ha! Well, you're eager to kiss some cheeks, aren't you? <laughs> well, fine, you can stick around. All right. All right, and we will jump on over to Lance and Mel. So, Mal, you are, you're doing it. I'm doing it. Right before stepping out back into the thoroughfare, Mal reaches underneath the scarf to her robe and pulls up a hood to disguise her face so that all that he can see is just a black robe, a hood with the scarf, and she will cast mirror image on herself. And so four images four Malamaras step out into the thoroughfare and Mal will follow Vandal for a little bit and watch the way that he's interacting with people before she finds a right moment to cross his path. Okay, now mirror image is only a minute, right? Oh boy, crunch squad. It probably is. Oh, what the heck? I have it if I just flip my page and I yeah, have to look so at the book. It lasts for one minute. I imagine you'd want to wait to use this until, until the right the moment. moment. Right? Okay. So, so you're going to wait until you are about to cross his path and maybe cast the spell. Am I understanding right? Just to grab his attention. Is that it? Yes. I just, she'll just cross in front or near him enough to catch his mm-hmm. attention. She won't interact okay. with him or anything. Okay, okay, okay. Simple enough. No roll needed. It's pretty brazen and pretty um, bold what you're doing here. A moment does come where he's he's done talking and he's starting to turn maybe towards a path. So you rush forward. And as you rush forward, you like throw the scarf a little in the air so the wind might catch it. And at that moment, you cast mirror image. I'm going to roll from Vandal's side just to see his reaction, see what happens. So here we are. So I believe I mentioned uh, at this point, uh, before we get to Vandal seeing it, being in the white camp, his some of his entourage has left, right? Like he's, he's already had some distinct conversations with members of the purple robes. Um, he's gone in doing some spot checks. Uh, some of his entourage has been dismissed because they're no longer needing to protect him as he's walking to and from camp. So he only has two guards side by side because he's in his home turf right now, right? And it's at this moment you cast mirror image and Vandals, he stops in his tracks and his hood has already been down. But Lance, you see that he is frozen as he's seeing something in front of him, at which you see Mal pop. And so there are four versions of Mal now that have the yellow scarf blowing in the, and it's all the same image. And Vandal doesn't yell, but you see him 
almost immediately gesture towards Mal to one of his guards. And the guard immediately unslings a bow and is going to try to fire at Mal. In the middle of the thoroughfare? Wow. In the middle of the thoroughfare. Does she have like partial cover potentially with all the people walking back and forth? Yeah, that's a good point. We'll do partial cover here. I'm not going to initiate. Normally I would do initiative right here. um, But for this story B, I'm going to have this attack not be because your back is turned, Mal. But yeah, I am going to give you partial cover. We'll just give you plus two, I believe, to your AC. Um, but we'll see if he even hits you, right? So here we go. It's a natural 20. Ooh. Wow. So still has to see if it hits you or the mirror image itself. Does it hit you? <laughs> With a natural one, when I just had to get six plus, it hits Mal and not one of her illusions. No way! So it's... I don't think this has ever happened before <laughs> in ICF at all. Ever. Every time you cast Mirror Image, it's always been like, boom, 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 boom. You get like three free attacks so against low. you. It's so easy to hit. Oh my gosh. Nope, that's a I'm natural so one. I'm so excited no right boy. now. <laughs> Mickey's face. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to roll damage here. Your job's not to win, it's to lose okay. gracefully. <laughs> You're just supposed to follow me. Uh, that is uh, 22 points of piercing damage. Rolled almost max damage on that. And uh, it's the image go is a little bit weird because you see um, the arrow go towards one of the images and it goes right into Mal's shoulder and she goes, Ugh! and all four now have an arrow sticking out of their right shoulder as they grip grip onto their shoulder shoulders and they all kind of it's this weird like fuzzing and all the images sort of like come into mal before they burst out again mal i believe the plan was to run as soon as you got his attention is that right or were you going to she's going to continue walking until she is sure that he is following her so even with the arrow in her shoulder She's going to continue to, she's going to grit against that pain and continue walking as if nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. Oh, bold. As you now are injured and holding, uh, Lance, you immediately see Vandal start to walk. Well, before the arrow even goes off, actually, Mm -hmm. you see Vandal start to go right towards her. Just start power walking towards her, hand on his sword, just step, 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 walking towards you. And Mal, you can start as you grip on your shoulder and glance behind you, you see vandals coming at you. So right when he is about a breath away from reaching out and being able to grab her, Mal will rage with the totem of the eagle, but mirror image is not a concentration spell. So all three of her images stay and the scarf takes on a quality that before her rage was fueled by air two and had a greasy ethereal feel to it instead another piece of the scarf comes loose and the wings come back behind her using Callie's scarf a phantom scarf wings and she grips the front of it and she whispers into the scarf come on Callie let's do this for him and she starts weaving in between people being aware of where Vandal is and not getting too far ahead but the totem of the eagle you become a predator. You can weave through the fray with ease. It's what the book describes it as. 
Nice. So you weave in through people in and out trying to draw him towards that cave or that tunnel. Correct. Do you get extra speed by chance or is it still your... I mean, you already have a lot of speed. I do. I can take a dash as a bonus action. So I can move 40, 80, 1, whatever 80 is plus 40. 120. You got it. 120. <laughs> Took me a second. But she's not going to move. She's not sprinting. She needs to stay within his range, but she's using the spirit of the eagle to weave between people, not drawing attention. She's not crashing into people, and a straight run would draw too much attention to herself. And so she's using the spirit, the totem spirit of the eagle, to weave in between people while keeping Vandal on her tail. So I'm going to give an inspiration to you, Mickey, um, because I actually had in my mind, I was like, okay, but if she gets too far away from Vandal, something you know, he's going to... He's going to um, lose interest. X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. So well done. That's really good because I rolled to see if he could like uh, a saving throw. How fast he was moving? If, no, to see how he was going to react to seeing Kelly's scarf. And um, he rolled a five. And so he is uh, did not save against his intelligence or wisdom saving throw. So he is intently pursuing um, as the mouse is right in front of him. So he is weaving. His guards are trying to keep up with him as well. And Lance, you see this all happening. And Lance is following kind of with a little bit of distance behind to keep track of it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is going on for, if you recall, that hidden uh, lava tube. It's... It's quite a ways. It is quite a ways. And so I am going to have us roll a D6. I'll, I'll put myself at... Ned, I'll have you roll for me in this instance. But uh, Jacob, Mickey, and Ned, each of you roll a D6 just because it is going to be some distance away just to see how what's going to happen between here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm considering Lance stalking stealthily, and I'm considering Mickey's or Mal's clever maneuvers here with the totem of the eagle but let's go have everybody roll so we can have the dice help us figure out this narrative beat it's a five for me it's a five for me four for me great sounds good so for the uh first long while um it is just a weave back and forth now you have a lot of opportunities to break out of the crowd here but Every time that you could break out and maybe go behind some tents, you make the conscious decision to go right back in because you you don't want to keep drawing that attention to yourself. I imagine you pull the arrow out at some point, right? <laughs> uh, could I petition to leave it in and take bleed damage to continue the rage? Ooh, <laughs> clever. Fair. That's so clever. And the blood, the blood on the ground is a trail for where she's going. That's so clever. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna roll for this because uh, it's not really in. I know it's not in the like, mechanics, but well, unless you unless you are literally like jamming in this the, the arrow into your back, you can't control the persistent pain sometimes. But so I'll I'll go ahead and roll and see the likelihood of that. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, for this section, uh, we can say persistent uh, bleed damage. So you are gonna take quite a bit of bleed damage one point per round let's just have it i know at this point uh rounds are kind of out the window here and so yeah, yeah i'm just, just gonna i'm it. just gonna roll a flat amount here so we'll say it's only 10 okay. points of damage i rolled the lowest i could on that 
so yeah, it's 10 persistent damage. Therefore, your rage is still maintained mm -hmm. as a result. But uh, because we still have this going on, some of the guards are going to try and catch up to you. And one of them, when you get a when they get a shot, they're actually going to try and take another shot at you with uh, their bow and arrow. So I'm going to have them roll this to attack again. Yeah, that's only a um, 15 to hit, unfortunately. So a 15 misses. Yeah, so Vandal, he like whispers something to his guard and his guard uh, is looking for an opportunity. And instead of a arrow, he uh, raises a crossbow and just <laughs> over to you and just you feel it go past your ear. So does it um, hit are somebody you... else? <laughs> It, it doesn't hit anybody else, okay. unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't hit anybody else. You're again. Oh. Just, you're shooting into a crowd. Severing himself. Um, oh. Yeah, so, uh, but he, a, as soon as it, he sees that it misses, he calls off his guards. Stop that. Don't do that. Uh, Lance, I will have you roll a stealth check, even though I know it's probably just going to be a 24. But um, let's go ahead and just have you roll. It's 24. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I'll have us roll one more D6 here before we approach the lava tubes. And so, Ned, if you wouldn't mind rolling that as well uh, for my sake. And then Lance and uh, Mel here. Another five. Three for me. A one for me. A one. Okay. Sounds good. But ones are good for this. <laughs> so as this is occurring... Could I, if I, well, could I propose something? If it's going to be, because I don't know if this is good or bad, the one, but if it might have a negative effect, could I use the inspiration? Hmm. Uh, I will not allow you use of inspiration um, because if it is bad, then you will still have an opportunity to use inspiration possibly. This is just to help describe narrative story beats uh, to help us um, react to it. So... So yeah, we're going to keep moving forward with this. And you are getting close to the lava tubes. And Mal, you actually do come across it easily with your Outlander background, easily with your tracking. You're like, oh, oh, this is off the path. This is a little bit hidden. And as you get more into the open, I'm going to roll again another percentile to see if you persistently bleed here. Um, you have not kept the persistent bleed damage up to this point. So your rage, unless you have maintained it, is gone. But you have not taken persistent damage, which is also good good and bad things. Uh, but you are coming up on the lava tube here. And they are starting to close some distance. But the lava tube, as I described to Jacob or Lance in the past, it is a little bit open. So it's not in the camp itself. It's just a distance away. I'm kind of thinking like um, if you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. If, if you've watched the movie, you see, you know that Indy, he starts digging very close to another dig site. And I was like, how does that other dig site not see them digging? That's kind of like that distance that I'm imagining this lava tube is away from the camps. So probably 150 feet away. Something you could see if you were watching somebody, but nobody's watching. So Mal, you are quickly as you get into the open speed walking maybe even running a little bit to get to that um, lava tube and it's at this point that you hear another arrow get launched towards you I'm gonna uh, no bad it's just a uh, it's a 10 so that's another miss there and it goes into the dirt beside you here 
It's at this point, Lance, you are only 60 feet behind, and Mal, you duck into this lava tube here, and you're you're trying to draw them into this lava tube, and Vandal and his two guards, Lance, you see, are now running. They're sprinting to the lava tube itself. I'll have you roll one more stealth check just to make sure you don't roll a one here narratively, but I imagine... You had to say that, didn't you? Did you roll a one? I did, but I will use my inspiration... There, there we go. There you go. There's where it's at. Don't roll one. That is going to be okay. a 31. <sighs> Could you imagine Vandalic like, oh turned around gosh. and saw you right yeah. now? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so reliable talent uh, and inspiration coming in clutch here. So they run into the lava tube. You run into the lava tube afterwards. And, Mal, you can hear Vandal screaming at you. Callie, if that's you, I swear you'll never see the light of day again. And Lance, you hear that as you run into the lava tube as well, not close behind them. Are we in, we're in the lava tube. Yeah, I was gonna say, we describe the, the lava, lava tube. tube. It's, there's darkness in front of us and darkness behind us, except it's for the- just com- It's absolutely complete darkness. Um, the Lance, you're the one closest to the entrance, so you can see some light. And so Mal, as you turn around, you see these three figures and then down the way, you see the silhouette of Lance coming into the lava tube. So Mal will, trot to a stop with her back to him as he approaches. And the three other Malamaras melt into the ground. And then Lance, as you come in, you hear that. Yeah, I will, I'll respond behind and I'll just be kind of raising my voice, but not like shouting, shouting. It's raising my voice, obviously, to hear because you can hear easily in the slava tube. Just saying, Vandal. Are we afraid of ghosts now? Vandal and his guards stop in his tra- their tracks. Slowly, Vandal turns around. And as you can see, his grizzled face has come from years, deceit, battle, bad deals gone sideways. For the first time in your life, Lance Thalen sees fear on Vandal's face. And seeing that, Lance will reach up, uncover his hood to show the Helm of Brilliance, and just say, I've got a little more protection this time. I cast Fireball. And I will cast Fireball. And that is where we're going to end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. The non-spellcaster finally <laughs> did it. <laughs> yeah! We are such a small team! You guys have the hit points for it. You'll and be you've fine. got distance. We're, we're spacing it out. <laughs> no, I'm standing right next to him! No, you're not. I thought, I thought in the description you had said you were ahead of him slowing to a jog. No. Well, I can center the point. Well, we will determine (laughs) exact distances, (laughs) volume, fire. We'll deal with all of that next time on iCast Fireball. Oh, what a great episode. Great plan, Jake. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah, we've got Fleeple um, serving Severin, uh, <laughs> trying to ingratiate himself with the man himself. Oh my gosh, that was the crazy! Evil incarnate. I wasn't trying to; mm. it just happened that way. I, that's that's the best true. Part. The, 
You let the dice decide which camp you were going to, and then you decided to come to the red camp, and it just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, fate is wonderful sometimes. And Lance bringing Vandal out. Oh, such good stuff. Worry not, I still have shenanigans to do once, oh, yeah. uh, once this all starts uh, winding down a little bit. I was bit. planning, I was like, we got to text Fleeple, we got to get him in. And I'm like, but as soon as Tom was like, and Severin's there, I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, and then he was like, we'll I'm going to stay in cleanup. If and Fleeple's I was like, really okay. getting with the higher-ups, maybe that's something to leave him to. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. Not. Maybe not so much. Well, Jacob... Ned, Mickey, as always, thank you for bringing your A-game. Thank you for having such wonderful moments, wonderful plans. Man, just so many good moments tonight. I, uh, I'm i truly humbled to be your Dungeon Master because you're the ones that make this podcast amazing. And uh, you're the reason why people keep coming back, quite honestly. But listeners, thank you for keep coming back, for coming to listen to these fun shenanigans and fun plans going off and if you like what we're doing, please leave us a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. Reach out to us through our email, iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com or our social medias at iCastFireball20 on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Also, our Patreon. We have our Discord, our Patreon-exclusive Discord channel where you can go to patreon.com slash iCastFireball20. Join one of the tiers and you can either get extra bonus content where we have bloopers, we do our warm-ups, or um, some thought-provoking questions that we answer. Or you could join our di- uh, Discord where we have some amazing stuff going on, teasing some uh, future episodes. Go check that out. Before we move on from here we want to do some shout outs not only to our sister podcast improv tabletop where ned takes a turn as a gm and has amazing campaigns they're going back into fate it's so exciting i am looking forward to listening to those crazy shenanigans uh in the words of ned or fleeple there uh it's gonna be a ton of fun and those are completely improvised if you don't know what improv is go check them out and you will find out very quickly We also want to shout out some people who reviewed or shot us an email here. The first one is Robbing81. Robbing says, I am a relatively new D&D player playing since 2019. And when I started playing, I got cooked on Critical Role. The only problem, I wanted to listen to it while driving, but I have kids. If any of you ever heard Critical Role, well, you know the language and innuendos, how they can get. But iCast Fireball gives the same stellar storytelling and endearing characters as Critical Role does, but without foul language. Robbing81, thank you so much for the review. We are so excited. They said they're only on episode seven and them and their kids are hooked. So uh, got quite a while before you're going to hit this shout out, but <laughs> when you do, reach out to us Or maybe maybe it'll be really quick. I don't know. Some people go through these uh, episodes very quickly. So Robbing81, thank you so much. And lastly, we want to shout out William, who sent us an email uh, saying that their friend just introduced them to D&D a few months ago. And so they're a beginner and it has been great to familiarize themselves with the rules and how to get around the rules as well, which I'll attribute to all of my players here, uh, figuring out how to get around all of these rules. Uh, but uh, William, if you haven't looked at those Crunchlot episodes, glad that you're along for the ride and uh, learning and with us as well. So thank you, William, for shooting us a message. Lastly, everybody, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow Wacky Adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM. And around the table, we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen and Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going and we'll see you all next time.